we're back with another episode as he's eating an O. Henry bar right there of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Darren, you should have gotten a hold of him the other day when he was on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. You would have had two hours of uninterrupted Trader Tom, a.k.a. Laker Tom right there for you. Speaking, of course, of Laker Tom, he's the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. It's Laker Tom at Laker Tom on Twitter. But you can also find him and Mr. Jamie Sweet, our five things guy himself at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friend Joe Sorrow, a.k.a. Ox1947. He's still roaming the Midwest, so watch out, Midwesterners out there. Be careful. He's out there. He might join us tonight, but go ahead and check him out. It's Ox1947. You know he's got to be happy about another Lakers win at LakersBall.com. Plus support his company even while he's not there. Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Also as well, our good friends, Lakers in 5, Empire Jeff TV, and John McCallion. Go ahead and check out their YouTube channels today. And speaking of YouTube. Go right below Sean eating the O'Henry bar. It's right there. It's Joe. See, Joe is so surprised that you're eating an O'Henry bar that he's got his eyes bugging out right there for you. The little Joe right there on the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. Go ahead and click on that, and you'll be subscribed to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. And tonight, I will tell you the Lakers headed to Anaheim. Or as the Iron Sheik, rest in peace, Iron Sheik, used to say in his promos when they used to be coming in the WWE over to Anaheim, Anaheim, I'm, Anaheim, ah, pui. But he used to also go, go ahead and say Anaheim. But what I will tell you, as far as Anaheim is concerned, the Lakers did play in Anaheim today. The Honda Center, they faced off against the Sacramento Kings, and they did so without LeBron James, without Anthony Davis, without Austin Reeves, without Cam Reddish, and without Jared Vanderbilt. Tall task for an exhibition game, so we weren't expecting a whole lot because the Kings were at full strength heading into today's game and were going to play and actually ended up playing them quite a bit, quite a stretch. In fact, in some cases, with their starting lineup intact, they played them well over 20 minutes in some cases. But that didn't stop the Lakers from getting out to a early lead. Fell behind in the second quarter. Kind of looked sluggish there. It was kind of looking like, okay, you've got the subs in there. You got the rotation guys in there. You got some guys that are not used to playing with each other. That's okay. But the Lakers were only down by one of the half. But in the third quarter, backed by a great performance again this preseason by D'Angelo Russell hopefully giving us some signs that he's going to continue that in the regular season with 21 points, eight assists, two of five from behind the arc, and eight of 12 overall. Gabe Vincent in the starting lineup gave us a tremendous performance. He is going to be a streaky player out there, folks, and today he was on a good streak. 18 points, seven of 12 overall, and four of eight from behind the arc. Tayshaun Prince, another solid performance, 13 points, seven rebounds, and two steals. Two of five from behind the arc, five of nine overall. And Rui Hashimura, five of 10, 13 points and six rebounds. That lineup, along with Jackson Hayes, playing again, some really steady ball, plus 14, five points, five rebounds. And the Lakers, 
pulled out in the third quarter to a 40-28 to advantage over the starters for Sacramento. And they ended up cruising, even if they put in the younger kids again in the fourth quarter. Didn't matter because the Lakers did pull out a good, solid victory, 109-101. to Again, with several Lakers players out there and the Sacramento Kings actually had their players in. Here today to talk about today's game, a good man indeed. It is the madman from Toronto. He is part of our full coverage, including playback.tv, so Lakers fast break, along with a big shout out to Laker Nick, as always. Truly appreciate any time Nick Molina joins us as well. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here. Cannot thank you enough for joining us as always and being a great part of what we do here at the Lakers fast break. Your thoughts, though, we got solid contributions from everyone in that makeshift starting lineup. We also got a good contribution from Maxwell Lewis, who, as we talked about on our last show, on our last post game, Zangerstein is getting really high on and I, I can see why he's starting to come. He's starting to see the forest from the trees there. And also as well, Christian Wood. Now, mind you, Christian Wood, very straightforward. You get on the ball, he's probably going to shoot it. But today, 13 points off the bench, you got what you needed from the Lakers. And overall, it meant a win in exhibition season game number three. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. It was uh, figuring to be a long night at the Honda center for not just the team but for for us as well because we oh yeah were... when you heard all those names being out of the lineup you figure yeah. that's it yeah it's going to be a it's going to be dog food tonight but uh, it turns out the sacramento kings uh nine man rotation was the dog food tonight gerald um not only did mike brown play his starters he also played his bench a significant amount of time as well and the late like you said the lakers were pretty steady um, it wasn't a wire to wire victory, but it almost felt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, that third quarter really, when they asserted the game, it turned the tide. That was, that was it. That was pretty yeah. much was the game in a nutshell right there. Yeah, it was. And, uh, great contributions. Um, yeah, D'Lo, D'Lo gets another gold star, uh, without question. Uh, D'Lo has been the most consistent Laker from, uh, the first game to this one. Agreed wholeheartedly. Uh, yeah, and, and that's great to see. It uh, that that pretty much tells you, you know, if he's playing this consistently, well, it might as well almost be like he's in mid-season form. He's just ready to get the season started. I'm sure. Yeah. But let me ask you this: Gabe Vincent, who we we said streaky player, streaky shooter, uh, always giving you solid defense on one end. Uh, he was able to still give you that, but. The fact is, you know, when he can shoot like that, now, mind you, he's not going to be, he's going to be starting a few games for the Lakers this season, coming in there when D'Angelo's out of the lineup or maybe Austin's out of the lineup and they're going to go ahead with a, bringing him in as a, as a third guard type option, bringing him into the starting lineup. So be prepared for that every now and then. But if he could come off the bench and shoot like that a little bit more often, my God, it would help the Lakers oh so much. Yeah, Gerald, like as far as streaky goes, that's true. And within that streakiness, he he can be a fire alarm. He can be a fire alarm shooter. Yep. No question about it. Um, sa- uh, He really had Sacramento scrambling uh, in that second quarter. And again, as Gerald alluded to, uh, you know, the third quarter, he, put, he stepped it up and he made a couple of big shots. Uh, 
Absolutely, Gerald. Given the fact that you know you're you're expecting, um, look, D'Lo has already said he loves playing with Gabe Vincent because he sees he sees Vincent as more of a point guard, and D'Lo has said he often plays better when his other backcourt mate is uh, pre- predominantly or more, um, more. Mu- more in the third eye of a point guard, say say uh, an Austin Reeves or a Gabe Vincent, he feels more comfortable. He's at ease, uh, and obviously he understands that Gabe Vincent has those chops defensively, Gerald. So I I think Delo's very comfortable in that situation. Obviously, he thrives when he's comfortable. There's no question about it. I will tell you, Z. I had two TVs on. I actually got a chance and opportunity to go ahead and go to the game, uh, the WNBA title game today, where they went up 2-0 in the finals over the New York Liberty. But my daughter actually wanted to go a little bit more than I did. So she got to go ahead and check out the game and she was having a blast, got pictures from the game and everything. Uh, I wish it was crowded. I wish it was a full arena crowd. I had mistakenly said that they would move over the finals to the T-Mobile arena. No, they kept it at the Michelob Ultra arena in at the mandalay bay still i wish they had filled it up for it it was still a pretty good crowd but still i wish for a finals game they would have filled it up but still very good crowd uh, actually a very good performance for the aces and i've yet not yet rubbing it in on magic man and megan price yet not just yet so i will be a good spirit about it for right now they still have one more game to do but yes congrats to the aces for going up to nothing in the WNBA finals but getting back to the lakers I wanted to go ahead and make mention that we also saw for a second game in a row, Torian Prince in the starting lineup. He is asserting himself really solid today, five and nine, two of five from three. That's basically for Mr. 40% right there. 40%. He called it 13 points and seven rebounds. If you can get that from a guy that could very well be your fifth starter, he is making a claim with Vando out of the lineup and Cam Reddish out of the lineup, that he is the guy that might be leaned upon to go ahead and start with the other four come the beginning of the season. Possible. Uh, Possible. I, I didn't say yet, but I said it's looking more like it. So. It's looking more like that. I I've, I think you're on the page right there, Gerald, once Vando comes back and he's healthy. Okay. I've, always, I've always believed that you shouldn't lose your starting spot because you're injured. I, I don't think that's a fair... Uh, way to uh, but it was tenuous out, in the first place. Uh, regard, yes, that's true. But reg- regardless, regardless of that fact, he was he was given that role, and you know because he has a heel injury, he shouldn't necessarily be be slighted for that. I think once once the uh, the ball ball tips off, Gerald, and we we get into the weeds, eventually, I agree with you. I think Prince will become a starter. I just don't think it'll happen. At the start, again, Darvin Ham is a player's coach. And one of the adages of a player's coach is you don't, you don't allow a guy to lose his starting spot because of an injury. It's not a good look, Gerald. It's not a good look at, as far as your evaluation of a, of a position. It's mm-hmm. not good in terms of evaluation of a locker room and the chemistry that, that could be um, um, disjointed there. So I agree with you. I think Prince is is, is very comfortable starting. 
fits like a glove with either this unit or LeBron and AD. So if you're if he plays like this, now mind you, he might not be able to guard the quickest of threes, but I really think that he can do a solid job with almost everyone else. And in doing so, he is laying claim to the possibility just because of the fact that he can hit better from the outside. If the team really wants to go ahead and go all in on more three shooting and more consistent three shooting, although today is not a great idea because they only shot, they only took 33s today. So you really can't gauge that very well today. But based off the first two games and what, what the comments made by Darvin Ham, if that's the case, I'm leaning slightly in the direction now of Torian Prince. I just didn't think based off what I saw the past couple of seasons, we were going to get a Torian Prince that looks like this so far. No, um, I, I, I encourage everybody to go back and please listen to uh, our interview with Chris Hine from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Mm-hmm. Chris said emphatically, I asked him, is Torian, is Torian Prince at this point a three or a four? Chris said he's a three. He was asked to play four by the Wolves out of necessity. They had an injury problem and they, they foisted foisted Torian Prince into a 3D role that's just not his. He's not a 3D player. He's a volume three-point shooter. And like Gerald said, a slight versatility to guard some threes, not all threes, some threes. But obviously, as it's turned out so far, he's the best hybrid we have so far on the perimeter, uh, gauging both offense versus defense. It's just more of a flow with Vic than it is with Vander right now. But I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate again, uh, I don't think a player should lose his starting spot to injury, but I also agree with Gerald that I think this is just uh, a, a question of when, not if, Torian Prince uh, becomes a starter. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get you the Here's cell phone version yeah. that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, <laughs> shell shaky has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're climbing their seat with the popcorn already in hand. No, you know, come on, that, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah. But I mean, like with a mono I, sound, there you go. Oh God. Yeah. That's, that's the worst part. You only get sound on the left ear, yep. not the right ear. Something like that. You can find that version already if you really want it. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers behind a spirited performance by D'Angelo Russell and the rotation players. Got the jump on the Sacramento Kings with a full-strength squad on their end, 109 to 101. I'm telling you, my friend, I saw a lot of good things tonight. You know, that first quarter and the third quarter were really, they they meshed well, uh, shot the ball well, really on the defensive end provided enough uh, I guess uh, I did not always the best of execution magic man, but the effort, the effort for the most part was there on the defensive end. 
Christian Wood, still some things obviously I'd like to see differently, and he is a little bit of a black hole. People are just going to have to get used to it. That's just who he is. But mm-hmm. he did manage to go ahead and be a plus two, 13 points, four rebounds, five of seven overall from the field. Yes, some of those were tough shots over two and three defenders, but that's who he is, Sean. That's what we're going to get. A guy who can score, but he is going to frustrate a lot of people at times just because, again, he doesn't see a shot he doesn't like. No, Gerald, that's true. He's In that way, in that way he's very old school. Uh, a lot of uh, Kobe Bryant fans, Carmelo Anthony fans, oh gosh, even Michael Red fans going back there. <laughs> we'll probably love Christian Wood because, yeah, he loves he loves ISOs. He loves to dribble into double teams. He'll shoot over triple teams. Uh, Gerald's right. Um, you know, from the mid post in, it looks like it's going to be slim pickings as far as getting a, getting a pass from uh, he did Christian make a Wood. pass one time. I didn't know. Well, it, here's the thing. Out of bounds. Here's the thing, <laughs> Gerald. I got to be honest. Uh, you know, Jackson Hayes may not be a great post player with the ball in his hands uh trying to score but he is a very good passer out of the post and yeah. a better passer out of the post so far than christian wood so uh, that we were kind of having this discussion uh on playback uh gerald right now who would you who would you pencil in as backing up ad at the five would it be christian wood or would it be Jackson Hayes right now? Right now, it'd be Jackson Hayes, but I would play Christian Wood alongside him because you need certain players to go ahead and accentuate each other's strengths and play off of each other's weaknesses. Absolutely, well said. I, I think uh, I think that's going to happen because we saw them play a lot in the past two games together. Yes. And obvi- obviously, that's that's a duo that uh, Darvin Ham likes when he sees in practice. So. Coach Ham likes where he sees a practice. He's going to try and experiment with it in a game. And so far, the results have been pretty good. I mean, uneven, imbalance. You know, we got to take everything with a granular of salt. But yeah. um, I, I really like what I've seen out of uh, Jackson Hayes as far as his activity. Um, uh, you know, I, again, Gerald, to uh, kind of paraphrase Mark Twain, um, the, the rumors of Jackson Hayes' IQ – uh, are quite exaggerated. He looks very. He looks like a basketball player to me, Gerald. Looks I'm really not, solid. Yeah. yeah. I'm. 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 As long like, as he doesn't have the ball to go ahead and drive. Yes. From the top of the key, that looks yes. ugly. But, but you know, other than that, I mean, he's played a very, very pick and roll, s- stellar, stellar roll with him. And uh, one thing, one thing I've absolutely loved so far is that we have multiple hybrid players. Who are willing to be uh, not only active screeners but focus screeners? Rui Rui has been an active screener. Jackson Hayes has been an active screener. This is good. This is a good sign for everybody. It's opening. It's opening up space, and they're hitting it hard, which is what you need to do in a Darvin Ham offense. So it's nice to see. Because of that. I think we'll get a little sprinkling of a lot of inverted pick and rolls, Gerald. We saw we saw Gabe Vincent and Christian Wood try to do that the other night, and the results weren't good. They were they were very good tonight, Gerald. Gabe Vincent and Christian Wood on three pick and rolls together, four points plus Christian Wood got got two free throws. 
So positive signs here. They're still working at it, but I think you could definitely see a bench of, uh, you know, Gabe Vincent, Rui, Jackson Asian, Christian Wood. That's, that's a very formidable bench so far. Big shout out to Eric. Happy birthday. You know what? Let, let's go ahead, Magic, and sing a off-key happy birthday for him. Happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you. Happy, happy Lakers birthday, birthday to Eric. Eric. Happy, happy Lakers birthday, birthday to you. Yes, hip, now that hip, we just pray. Now that we've destroyed the ears of everybody listening on the podcast, it's Gerald Glassford along with Magic Man Chuck Rice. Thanks so much for watching, listening. I want to know more about the juice, why Darren has been kicked off of Laker Nation. You know what? That's fine. You're welcome right here with us at the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate everything that you do for us and our best shape. Uh, I'll tell you what, the best Lakers chat room that's out there has to be right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Zangerstein, Kurt, Search is obviously moderating like no one else. Truly appreciate everyone out there being a part of what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. But thank you so much again for joining us. The Lakers do win 109 to 101. One thing I want to ask you, though, when it comes to what you saw in that third quarter, it seemed like, again, they're facing up against what many are considering the starting lineup for the Sacramento Kings. Didn't look like they were half-assing it. Didn't look like they were not giving it their all. I'm sure they got an earful on more than one occasion from Mike Brown, especially at halftime. And they were because the first team really didn't look good in the first quarter. And then again in the third quarter, this is the second time in a row for them. You said they looked disappointing in a loss against the Toronto Raptors already. What does that tell you when you see this type of performance? I'm, I don't know if it's just little breadcrumbs right now. You can only take so much in the exhibition season, but I'm kind of thinking that the magic may not work twice, pardon the pun, the second time around for the Sacramento Kings. I agree with you. I'm, I'm starting to eke my way into into that camp as well, Gerald. I'm, oh, it looks like we're getting banned from YouTube, and you're going to start a new acapella group there, Sean. <laughs> Please. I'm, I'm, I'm no no chance of me ever joining a barbershop quartet. Okay, fair enough. But I do will say again, it's great to have everyone here. And thank you so much to all the over 60 Lakers Facebook groups that I send this out to each and every. If you are a part of what, one of those great Lakers groups on Facebook, welcome. It's the Lakers Fast Break. It is the post game. We do this every single post game. We are here. We're the best post game for Lakers coverage right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Want to ask you this though, Magic? Uh, you know, I saw some encouraging signs from Maxwell Lewis, somebody that Zangerstein, you know, she is turning around on him, uh, you know, already in the in the preseason, and now I'm starting to think a little bit better of him. Again, deer caught in the headlights during summer league, absolutely looked terrible. Three games with nothing but donuts, really looked bad in the minutes that were off. He couldn't even crack the starting lineup during summer league, which was a very, very bad sign to me. But then here he is right here, especially yes, his previous game. All right. Looked pretty, looked okay. Especially with those couple windmill, the windmill dunk and a, a dunk right after that looked really good as far as playing hands on defense, whatnot today was, he looked much more comfortable, much better, both ends of the floor. The kid, as I mentioned on our show, on our playback.tv's house, Lakers fast break, Looks like he's got a 
a much longer lower body, much he longer looks, legs. If he was, if he was, if he was a dog, Gerald Max Lewis would be a greyhound. Yeah, he just looks like someone who could really excel off the break and off, the, you know, just someone who could really just give you what you need as far as just he can ex he can explode. explode. There's a, yeah, there's really, a burst really there. Some, yeah, he's got a burst and looks like he can go ahead and really do some uh, great athletic uh, things for us. The thing is, though. When I see him, though, he still will need a lot of work in the G League. It's just no doubt about that. But again, I do see some promising signs there. With Jalen Hood Shafino, we want to go back to him. His performance tonight, again, terrible shooting game. Again, you know, that's like a broken record there. One of five, 0 of two from behind the arc. But I want to give him credit. He got he got to the line twice. It got to the line for two free throws, two of two, but five assists and six rebounds. Trying to contribute in other ways still does not look great defensively either. Your thoughts on JHS? Because I think, again, from a distribution standpoint, he looked a little bit more steady, looked a little bit more refined there, and his decision-making was a little bit better today. But still, it's a long way to go. It's a long way to go. It, this isn't... You know, this isn't a finished product. Nobody, no person is at this no, age. No, 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 absolutely not. Especially a basketball player as well. But as as we've been saying, there needs to be improvement. Today he got a little bit better offensively, I thought, Gerald, other than the shot. Like, that jump shot needs work. It definitely yeah. needs work. Uh, other than that, I liked his playmaking today. It was a little bit better. Um, you know what? He is 6'6". Six, six. He needs to have a better stance defensively, Gerald. He really does. He needs He's to move get, his feet better. He, he does. He's got to get lower and move his feet. Um, it's integral in this game. Like there are too many shifty, twitchy guards in this league that can move uh, at a at a burst pace, and he's got to be able to. You don't have to be swift, but you have to be competent. You, you yeah. just can't have slow feet. That was D'Angelo Russell's issue when he first got in the league. Uh, I, you know, I often said it feels like he's got, uh, he feels like he's got concrete in his, his shoes, like wet cement. That's the way he kind of moved. Uh, but in this sense, um, you know, I I, I think uh, it's important to to recognize that he's still got work to do. And like you said, Joe, I think he'll be in the G League a lot. Well, that's where they need the reps. JHS and Maxwell Lewis need a lot of reps in order to become much better players, along with Castleton. Uh, Demoy Hodge, uh, even though he is an older player, has not really done as well. The days where he was just really killing it in the summer league, those days are over because he's really not fared well in this brief amount of time that he's been in the lineup. Uh, so I'm hoping that the kid can find his stroke once again, maybe if he plays, again, more extended time in the G League. These kids are going to do it's going to take a lot of work. And then Fudge, you know what? Fudge had a nice putback dunk, but unfortunately, there's still a lot more there to work with him on that, you know, because he needs a more well rounded game, I think, to stick in the league. But again, these kids have some promising signs, especially with, with Maxwell Lewis for what we've seen so far in the exhibition season. So we'll take it from that. I know the ham is getting is, is being vilified at times by the Lakers audience for leaving them in there in both of these fourth quarters, but that's what the exhibition season's all about. Magic man. See what these kids got now and learn. So you can have it on video exactly what they need to develop. Ah, absolutely. Gerald. 
they're, and they need to that that's also part of the learning curve and development yeah. in yeah. the NBA is watching film. Yes. Um, some some guys are film are just they're they're just film junkies. Rondo was a film junkie. Um, there are other there are other teams and other players that don't philosophize film as much. If you, if you play for the San Antonio Spurs, Pop and uh, the Spurs developmental staff don't really watch a lot of film, Joe. They're more focused on what they do rather than what the opponent does. But these young players need to watch film, especially JHS, Gerald. And if I was him, I would be a sponge when it comes to Phil Handy. Be watching a lot of film, asking a lot of questions. That that's the only way you get better, Gerald. At, at anything, if you really want, if you really want to get better, you have to ask a lot of questions. You have to be prepared, be prepared to hear a lot of criticism and ask a lot of questions if you want to get better at a skill. That's just the I, way. Have I said how grateful I am to have Search and Kurt in our chat every single time out? Those mm-hmm. two are a pair. Those two are a pair, indeed. <laughs> Philly, you can see the chat right now with with Kurt talking about uh, maybe being able to trade JHS for Miles Turner, Buddy Heald. Darren, though, super chat. Thank you so much, Darren, for the great super chat. It is much appreciated. Max Christie has been underwhelming these last two games. What's up? Excellent point. He struggled again this time around. He's not done and fared well this exhibition season so far. I think because the fact that he knows there's a rotation spot on the line if he plays well, I think he's pressing, Darren. The thing was, when he was playing in Summer League, he didn't need to worry about his time there. He was always just working out some things. He looked relaxed. He looked comfortable. He looked like he was able to make the easy decisions. Now he's, again, still with everything so much on the line for him, because he knows this is essentially for him a contract year, he is pressing. It looks very clear to me that he is pressing. I know there was controversy back and forth in the chat about whether or not he looks frustrated. I don't know if he looks frustrated or not, but it does look like, Sean, that he is pressing and pressing a lot. He is. He is pressing. Although Darvin Ham gave him the most minutes tonight, Jared. He almost played yeah. 30. So, yeah. so you got And if that's the case, you got to produce. And today he didn't. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that that's just two the and nine, zero oh, and three from behind the arc, seven points, uh, five rebounds, four assists, but four turnovers as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not good, not good, especially when you're you're trying to get in that off off guard guard spot. I mean, look at uh, look at Gabe Vincent today, Gerald. That's that's kind of who Max Christie kind of needs to pattern his game after if you want to play beside Austin Reeves or D'Lo watch Max Christie a lot absorb Max Christie uh, excuse me Gabe Vincent get in Gabe Vincent's uh, uh, grill and ask him Gabe help me out here what do I need to do to improve because that's the that's the guy who's going to eat up your minutes if you're not playing Max Zangerstein says search Lewis makes the Lakers passing on cam tolerable to me they have the same game with Lewis being 6-7 I'm not ready to go that far, Zangerstein. Not ready to go that far quite yet. <laughs> I think you're I think you're reaching on this reach, but we'll see. Lewis has played well and played better, more power to him. So we'll see what happens. We there. have to wait. And again, and, and we have yeah, we haven't seen Cam see. Newton. We haven't 
these yeah. not one of these guys have ever yeah. played an NBA game yeah. yet. Yeah, Cam Whitmore, we haven't even seen play in M- you know, like like Sean said, an NBA game yet. So we'll wait and see. But uh, of course, right now JHS needs to get some time and work in at, at the G League level. I think it's pretty clear, especially the fact his shot is just. I don't want to say it's broken, but it needs a lot of fixing. It needs a lot of work because he's not been able to shoot well at all in any game this summer or exhibition. No, season. Jared, and and let's take let's take a good good example of what we're talking about with Max. So, at the beginning, at, in the middle of the first quarter, Jackson Hayes set a pick. As he set that pick, D'Lo curled around him. And found Torian Prince in the left um, in the left hand corner for a three. It was beautiful. They tried the same thing, except Hayes was screening. Christie was in the corner, and D'Lo curled around him. Now it was the same exact play, same exact action, same exact sequence. We saw Christie brick it, Gerald. You got to make that shot. And you he was making make... those in summer league. He was. He was, and as Gerald pointed out correctly, we we watched it. He was relaxed. He was confident. He didn't overthink things. It was dribble, pass, shoot. Dribble, pass, shoot. It seems like there's kind of a hesitation now, Gerald, uh, a tentativeness with them. And like you said, Gerald, those those kind of jittery unsureness that 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 plays into you know being unconfident and being being pressing yourself he he needs to relax play his game and focus on what he does well instead of trying to do too much you know larry larry bird larry bird one of the greatest players ever summed up this game like this i don't try and do more than i can do and i don't do more than i should do i just play my basic game and ask everybody to do the same that's what Max Kersey needs to do. Just play his basic game. He plays totally. his basic game. Max can play 25 to, to 30 minutes of effective basketball. But like Gerald was saying, and, and spot on, because I agree, he's pressing right now, and it's not good. It leads to inefficiency. It leads to being unconfident. Well, again, his play is going to be directly influenced on what the Lakers will do as far as having him in early on in the rotation. Otherwise, it's going to be sitting on the bench and have to earn his way back into a rotation spot later. But then again, we saw something similar, Sean, happen this time last season with a certain guy named Austin Reeves, who kind of fell out of favor in the rotation early on in the season. But we all know what happened next. Yeah, he he got inserted, and then he never let go, Gerald. He eventually became a starter. And we talked about that. We talked about how, you know, that little spark that, that initiated all of this uh, progress um, was only eventually going to lead to Austin starting. Um, I don't see that same case happening with Max just because there are more talented players uh, above him. But the fact is, Gerald, you're right. He there. There has to be. It's not a. Pre, it's not a prep press. It's not a precipice moment, so to speak. It's not. It's not. You're facing the edge of the cliff, but you're facing the edge of the cliff when it comes to your role in the Lakers right now. 
Well, he is. He is. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. If he's not, if he's ineffective, Gerald, um, you know, hats off to him. I wish him lots of luck, but the Lakers won't bring him back. They're, they're, they're looking for Max Christie to make an impact and, and, and improve drastically. I mean, we, we've seen up until now, Gerald, it looks like it look, you know, if, if I had to bet right now, Gerald, I would say Max Christie is looking at more G league time than Maxwell Lewis. No, I, I think Max Christie will be on the roster. Well, Sean. It, I think well, he, it's any it's player, him and, you know, Gerald, any player with three years or less experience can be put down in the G league, whether they want to or not. Now they did do it with Austin Reeves. So I agree with you. I don't think they're going to do it with Max Christie either. But if he continues to struggle, I don't see why he should be on the bench either. Because something, some, there's something has, there's a, there's a synapse loss there. Like there's been a disconnect. I don't think he's there yet, but he needs to play better. He was, he's going to be on the roster. He just may not be in the rotation, but he will be like the 12th guy. 11th, 12th guy oh, I'm, I that's agree, just barely I, I out of the rotation, but he's I not going to play in the G League. He's already been in the league too long for him to go ahead and go back no, no, down I to said, the I said, I said, I what I said was who's more likely to play be in the G League right now? Is it Lewis or Christie? Will it be Christie? Oh, it would be Lewis by, by a long shot of being in the G League. Christie is actually going to be in the rotation. He's not going to be in the rotation at this point. He'll be like an 11th guy, 12th guy in the rotation where he'll be just slightly out. But at least he'll have the chance to go ahead and possibly get back in maybe later in the season, even as early as November or December. But I do not anticipate him going to be sent down to the G League. It's guys like JHS. It's guys like Maxwell Lewis. It's guys like... Uh, you oh, know, I agree. Really... I agree. I'm, I'm, yeah, but but I, uh, but Christie is is going to be someone who's going to be questionable whether or not he will be the backup starting he, guard, uh, backup watched, shooting guard at this point in time. Gerald, he he had improved significantly over last season, but what happened? That trade happened, and he lost his minutes. Yeah. I mean, if that if, if that can happen again, that that happen. is happening right now. The way it's, he's happen, it's happening, it's happening again. So yeah. Um, Darren, right now, I think he's the odd man out. I think I, if you go a nine man rotation, he's the odd man out. I think right now your backup two is your backup one, which is Gabe Vincent. I think your backup two is actually, as I'm thinking about it, is D'Angelo Russell. If you move Gabe Vincent over and you bring him in as the point, point. Uh, and then I know Zangerstein's not going to like what I hear, so maybe cover your ears, Zangerstein. I apologize for this. When Ham goes to his three guard lineups which happened today out of necessity. So I don't really want to go ahead too much into it. And they did look good while they had the three guard lineup in there. But if they go to three guard lineup, you could very well see Gabe Vincent, D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves. You could yeah, see them at, you, with you that. Could I could, it. Yeah. I could right. see him wanting to go ahead and utilize that lineup. And if that's the case, you know, the backup two essentially is D'Angelo Russell. Well, because right now, right now they have the backup too is uh, Gabe Vincent on the Lakers depth chart. But yeah, but he's more of a he's a smallish, more of a point guard. Uh, he does play off the ball. Both that's the thing about D'Angelo and Gabe. Uh, you know, they both can play off the ball. They don't need to be reliant on having the ball in their hands yeah, all the look, time. My, my as point, a spot up shooter, yeah. D'Angelo Russell could be very good for you as well. Yeah. No, my like 
so I may have not made my, my my point correctly. My point is not that not that Max Christie is going to the G League. My point is that Max Christie is playing like he belongs in the G League. Okay, there you go. There you go. That's a better that's a better way you phrase it because I was kind of puzzled at that myself. Yeah, but... no, no, that's not what I'm saying. He's just he's playing like he 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 needs to be in the G League right now. That that that's my, the point I'm trying to emphasize. But oh, Darren, no, you know, he defensively he is one of our better defensive options. But the thing is, if he's not able to produce for you in a league right now, which is so heavily reliant on the offensive end, as we've seen so far, even in this exhibition season, uh, you know, the scores are are up. The offense is is more in tune with more reps, more, uh, you know, shooting from the outside, et cetera, et cetera you're probably going to see Max not get consistent minutes at this point in time, maybe situational, maybe due to foul trouble, but right now he is not earning a consistent spot in the rotation. He might be the odd man out. He might be the 10th guy, the 11th guy, or the 12th guy in the rotation. And right now, if you're only playing nine guys, that leaves one guy short. So I'm hoping that that's not the case because I really like the kid. I think he once he settles down, and finds a rhythm, I think it's going to be so much better for him. I think he can play and think he can contribute in the league, Magic Man. I just think he needs to go ahead and stop pressing and just remember how what it was like in the summer league when he looked so relaxed, so comfortable, and like you said, so confident as well. Yeah, that, that, that's, what's, that's what's necessary. Um, like, I'm not sure what happened. I, like, we all put pressure on ourselves. I just think Max Christie's like you said, Joe, putting way too much pressure on himself right now. I think it's important to just play your play your basic game and let the chips fall where they may. Because right now you're playing like you belong in the G League. I didn't say you were going to the G League. I just said you were playing like you belong in the G League. I we are all rooting for Max. I hope Max takes that off guard spot. That's who I want. That's who I want to see in that role. Um, and you know, it, it's all there for him right now. Cam Reddish twisted his ankle, you know, any kind of injury you got in training camp or before the season, just, it seems to just put every player behind the eight ball. <sighs> yeah. You got the three, you got the three guard triumvirate right now with Vincent D'Lo and Austin Reeves. Somebody's got to crack through Gerald and be the fourth guy. Like there has to be somebody who breaks through that membrane because we need that fourth guard. We need that fourth guard to play well on top of it. Once again, the Lakers did win today, 109 to 101 in Anaheim at the Honda Center over the Sacramento Kings. The next game is coming up on Friday, right there for you, 7 p.m. Pacific. Right there on playback.tv, so Sacred Fast Break against the Golden State Warriors at the Crypt. So looking forward to that. Uh, Magic Man, uh, I know that Zangerstein would be psyched if we actually did something for the WNBA Finals coming up for Game 3 on Sunday, which I'm contemplating at this point in time. Z, I'll, I'll send an email if we can go ahead and set something up. Maybe we'll do something on Sunday for, especially for that. We'd love to give a big shout out to the WNBA, especially you and I, Sean. So definitely like to see what happens there. But before we go head on out, because we still got plenty of to talk about here on today's show, so don't anybody go away right now. We still got much more to talk about. Please go ahead and hit the like button and also share and subscribe. And if you've got a friend out there that wants to go ahead and catch a great Lakers post game, tell them to come on over and join the party right here at the Lakers Fast Break. I want to go ahead and touch on, if you can, real quick, my friend, 
tell me what you thought of Rui Hashimura's performance. Again, he got the contract. Uh, some people thought it was overpay. A lot of people thought it was an overpay or a slight overpay. Uh, 13 points, six rebounds. You know, nothing stands out there. I just think he's finding himself. He's finding that comfortability level out there where he fits as far as the scheme of things, whether he's in the starting lineup or whether he's coming off the bench. I just think he's going to be a great utility role player for us. And as long as we're counting on him to do just that, I think everything's going to be okay. It's when, if we're asking him to do a lot more or do anything more or try to step it up as a star player, I think that's when things are going to be getting coming unraveled. But for now, when it comes to Rui Hashimura playing within himself and playing as part of the plan and playing part of the rotation, as we've seen, I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. And as you said, utility, you know, if you want to, I, I, I prefer Swiss Army knife. But yeah, that that's who he is. I mean, I, you know, when we, he's, he's our chameleon in the front court. Need a screener. For AD or LeBron, Rui's the man for the job. Need somebody to make the open shot in the corner or the wing above the break, Rui's on the job. Need somebody to hit the boards really hard, Rui's for the job. He's always willing to do the job. Um, and as you said, Gerald, 13 points, 6 and 6. Uh, you know, that's... It's a bit of a below average game for Rui, but it's it's not it's not anything that that would necessarily concern you. Um, but yeah, he just, I think he's just like you said, trying to find his role here. His mid range looks really nice. His mid range looks really nice. So if uh, if AD's shot is uh, is better back on the mend at least the mid range, then you've got two really good mid-range shooters there alongside a LeBron and uh, probably a couple other guards. So uh, as you said, he's, he's our Swiss army knife. It's going to be, it's going to be a real selective process, which Rui you're going to see, but uh, I think he's ready to, to fit the bill, whatever their Lakers need him to do. We've seen it. And we've also seen Gerald that uh, LeBron James has a lot of faith in Rui. Um, he's the only Lakers player he worked out uh, with exclusively this summer. Mm-hmm. So, um, Gerald, if you had an opportunity to work with one one of the three greatest basketball players of all time, he was in your ear every day for three months. You'd be a sponge, wouldn't you? You would. You would think so. Absolutely. So, so I think uh, you know it, it's it's going to pay dividends. We may not see it right away, but I think Rui's been a sponge this summer around LeBron, and I, he's going to be very important. Jude, we talked about this. Like we don't really care who starts, but we sure as hell know that at the end of the game, most nights, closing time, Rui's going to be one of the five most of the time. Since foul trouble or matchup issues, he's going to be there. When you agree, Gerald? I agree. Absolutely. It's again, it's not always about who starts, it's about who finishes, but the Lakers have not always gotten off to great starts in the first and third quarter. So I do think it should be a point of emphasis for them, especially when we talked about for most of the season last season about how the third quarter was seemingly their enemy because they were at one time the worst team in the third quarter statistically and it was just not even funny i know i brought that up on more than one occasion during our shows last season so it was nice to see once they made the trade that started to turn around 
And we saw today, you know, where the first and third quarter, the Lakers won both those quarters. And in the third case, in the third quarter, it was quite handily. And I was just really ex- just excited to see that, you know, we're playing rotation guys for the most part outside of D'Lo. And we're playing them against the starters for the Sacramento Kings, a playoff team, no less, a team that finished higher in the season rankings than we did last season. So to see them perform at that level today, mind you, it's still an exhibition game. It was very promising and just shows you maybe that the depth we had talked about for all summer long, that everybody had to hear at nauseum, that the depth, the depth, the depth, the depth, the depth may now the depth may not be so bad after all. Yeah, no, might be pretty darn good. Yeah, I I think you know we'll have to wait and see. I mean. It could be top shelf. We think it's it's at very least, uh, you know, a medium upgrade. It could be a top shelf upgrade. Uh, wait, wait to see. But yeah, you know, the Sacramento Kings were missing Keegan Murray Gerald. He's a very important cog in what they do offensively and defensively. Um, he kind of gives them balance, especially along the perimeter. But that being said, everybody played well tonight in their roles. Sands, JHS defensively and we saw we definitely and saw shooting. and wants, shooting but, and shooting yeah. but other than that pretty pretty good effort by everyone playmaking wise i did see some improvements from jh so i do want to yeah big time credits. big time big time um let's see gerald uh 25 assists um 40 makes is pretty darn good that's a six I, five that's a 63 percent assist percentage it's pretty darn good so they were so, they were moving the ball well, yeah. and we saw some some shots didn't fall, but there were there, they moved it around the horn. There was a lot more around the horn action than we've seen in the past two games. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. One of the things I want to ask you before we head on out, my friend, is that we made a big deal on last night's show. Are are we comfortable with the Lakers shooting more threes? We've heard in recent days Coach Darvin Ham talk about how he wants ad to shoot six threes and how he you know that he wants the team to increase its three-point output but not go crazy we saw on the monday game in las vegas here they shot 50 they took 55 attempts which was 24 more than what they averaged last season today looked more and more like it was uh, you know a more of a carbon copy of what we saw last season with them only taking 30 attempts from behind the arc. They did out shoot at the free throw line Sacramento Kings, which is something they haven't done this exhibition season, which is something they did actually most of last season. We talked about how much they dominated the free throw line and overall they were 41 to 82, very efficient inside the arc for a 50% clip overall. Your thoughts on this, my friend no, it did not get the high octane winning formula that you know most of these teams are looking forward to right now. 
but we do get a chance to go ahead and see them really play and get the win over a team that was playing all of its starters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which uh, should help your theory on load management, my friend, because I know <laughs> that you had some issues on load management. So before we head on out, my friend, I know there's still much more to talk about on today's program, but I know you wanted to mention something. And gosh, I wish Joe was here because Joe, I know he's like in in mourning because the Dodgers lost and he's probably just punched his, you know, through maybe his fist through a TV or something like that. Or maybe he's, you know, scouring, looking for money or trying to hit people up for money as far as, you know, collections or whatnot, as we saw him the other night. Or maybe he's on the run. I don't know what he was going on over there. But your thoughts, though, my friend, on load management, I know it's a big issue with him. It's a big issue with the league. And I think it's also a big issue with you as well. Yeah, it has been, Gerald. And this this bomb got dropped this afternoon. Um a lot of people are talking about it, so I figured we need to talk about it as well. So it turns out that all this talk about load management has been a lot of baloney. A lot of baloney. According um, to certain scientific and statistical analysis. Yes. And um, of course that's what the league puts out there. Yes. Who Matt put Walker. that who put that out there? Who put the statistic who, on the Yeah, exactly. Who was who leaked it? Who leaked it? Happened I have to be a, by the league that put yeah, that out there. The league actually put it out themselves, Gerald. And um, I think the players' association would find another company to do another statistical no analysis that would work the opposite of that. So of the course. truth is usually somewhere in between. Yes, it is. Uh, that that being said, Gerald, there's uh, there's a there's a history to this though. Um, let me take you back to 2012, okay? Okay. In twenty back in the way back machine. In, yeah. So in twenty twelve, uh the Spurs were playing a nationalized television game drilled on TNT against the Heat. Mm-hmm. It was a high, highly touted matchup. Uh they were both performing very well at that point, and it was thought of as a potential finals preview. Yeah. Now, if you'll remember, Gerald, Greg Popovich about an hour and a half before tip uh, released released uh, the injury report and the status report and said that Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, and Danny Green would all be out for rest. Yep. Rest. Do you, do you remember that? Do you remember that the, I, uh, the narrative of that game at all, Gerald? Yes, oh. I remember. Yes, although set, although the Spurs were were playing with basically their role players and rotational players, they almost won that game with LeBron, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade all playing. That infuriated David Stern beyond all measure, Gerald. He fined the Spurs two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which was a lot of money back then in twenty twelve. Yeah, for a team to be fined. Uh, next year, Gerald twenty thirteen. Uh, similar scenario. The Spurs are playing the Warriors on national television. Pop does the same thing. Sits sits all three guys plus Danny plus Danny gets fined again. Uh, Gerald, the 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 load management that was the buzz that was the buzz phrase that didn't come to appear until 2018 2019 with the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard. I know the Spurs often get get plagued by the. Uh, load management phrase, but it was actually a, a, um, 
uh, first uh, adopted by the Raptors. And now in 2023, Gerald, Joe Dumars and Matt Walsh, who are very high executives in the NBA offices, were doing exactly what me and Joe and you and other fans around this league were doing. They were pounding their hands on the table saying, what you're doing is a lot of baloney and you're costing the league and the Players Association money. Money. And time and time again in that article, it, it kept bringing up the same thing, Gerald. The TV contracts. The TV contracts. Because all these network executives, Gerald, they're sitting down, they're having lunch with Adam Silver and Joe Dumars and Matt Walsh, and they're having the same complaint year in and year out. You're sitting your stars when we pay you a lot of money. And it's suffered, Gerald. The product has suffered. The, the ratings have suffered. You know it. You, you do this for a living, Gerald. You know it. So now that it's come to a head, how do you feel about this bomb being dropped? Because, Gerald, normally when, a le when somebody needs to drop news like this and it's bad publicity, they usually wait till about a Friday, right? A Friday afternoon when the news cycle is like really slowed down. But they release this on a Wednesday. How do you feel about all this? Again, it's just who is the source? It's not a leak. It's actually just a, a report by that's put out there by the NBA yeah, with their individuals that, that was covering this or the company that whoever they got to go ahead and do the statistical analysis saying that, that load management is not an effective means to an end for for the league and for its players. Again, I think if you saw it from the player's perspective, they would say otherwise. So it's a situation where the league wants its cake and eat it too. The players want their cake and eat it too. At some point in time, ultimately, they come together, they split the cake in half, and they both have the cake. Uh, and with I, a new deal for the TV that's in place, it doesn't matter if the, the ratings have declined You know, in recent years, although it actually trended up here. Again, for the most part, the playoffs were a success ratings-wise. The league is looking to, to sign a fat new TV contract here in the not-too-distant future. They're about to bring in two uh, you know, expansion teams with a big, huge paycheck, you know, coming in because of them. So I don't feel sorry for the league at all. I also don't feel sorry for the players because the players, with the way that the league is trying to set things up as far as having, you know, minimize as many, you know, back-to-back -back games as possible, trying to stretch these games out more, trying to make it easier on their schedules, you know, and, you know, providing them a little bit more comforts and, and just quality of life things that are going to help them out. Again, I don't feel sorry for both these sides, but forever, for every report that the NBA is going to put out there that supports their theories and biases, you're going to get one from another side as well saying the exact opposite. It's just the truth, as always in these cases, is somewhere in the middle. Yes, I agree with that. I, I'll, I'll and by the way, Hannah, you're the second person to say that about Kai Jones. We'll talk about Charlotte's troubles here in a sec, and that may will include Kai Jones because I – I think I'm in agreement with you, Hannah, and welcome. Appreciate you being part of the Lakers fast break. Go ahead, Magic Man. We'll finish no, up on you. the low management. Thank you very much, Hannah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, Gerald. Yeah, that that's very true. I I will also say this. Uh, people are right when they when they can kind of um, throw that the hypothesis that well, you know, the the PA can turn around and decide to hire their own scientific experts 
to uh, to deviate from what the league has said, and that's true. You can a lot of people pay for studies and, and can prove a lot of things. I will say this though, Gerald, a lot of these injuries that we have seen in the NBA have been the result of non-contact, a player jumping up, falling on their foot, falling awkwardly, and unfortunately that leads to serious injury. So I, I, I think what Joe Dumars and Matt Walsh were basically saying is there's a correlation here. There's a correlation that you're making. You're saying that because of the high, the high stress of games, the compacted schedule, the practice time, travel, fatigue. But it's also the oh, players oh, oh, themselves. But- but right, the right, but, but the players bigger, but the, faster, stronger can right, jump and, higher. Right, but that's what I'm trying to finish is that there's no causation. They can't find a cause for it. There's no, you can't tell the league. The league is telling the players' association, you guys can't come up with any reason scientifically why there are more injuries or why you can't. You can't not sleep cycles, not training, not uh, practice time, ske- uh, compacted schedule. So. It leads it leads people to to down a road, Gerald, where you're thinking, hmm, what's going on here? And I'll just leave it at that. I mean, I I think uh, people like myself and Joe and you, Gerald, are vindicated over a report like this. It just it, seems though that the the NBA is going, see, see, look, look, it's the report right here. See, see, see. You know, well, the, I see, get it. I we get were it. Right. We were right, Magic. We were right, Magic. We were right. You know, that's what they were saying. That's when they go to do these things. It's what it sounds like to me. It's a little bit petty, but again. For every report that we see from the NBA that says this, we're going to see reports from either a, a, you know an independent source or an NBA players-related source that says the opposite. And we're just going to have to deal with this going forward because you're never going to convince the players to be different or be conditioned differently than what you're seeing right now. So it just at this point, it just seems like, okay, we've got it in where the, they, they have to play a certain number of games I think that's probably getting close to probably the best we're going to be able to to do it because once you open up Pandora's box, what happened with San Antonio, it's not going to change back to the way it once was. If you're expecting, if you're absolutely expecting what you know the old way of playing, like Darren talks about, and I reminisce about, and Joe reminisces about, basically used to play on one leg, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that we saw. Those days are far over, and they're in the rearview mirror, and they're not coming back anytime soon unless they will, are, are contractually obligated to do so. And if the best you're going to get is 65 games, you know, a minimum in order to qualify for these things and, and be able to go ahead and, and produce, I think that's probably the best you're going to get for now until we can come up with something better. But I, I can only take so much stock in what the NBA says for a report on it because, again, Where's the source coming from? It's coming from the NBA. It is does not behoove them to put out a report that says, hey, maybe this this load management thing really works. No, they're not going to put out something like that because it would take away their own best interests. Yeah, it, it would, especially at the, at the cost of when they're in prime time because, uh, as you know, Gerald, uh, entertainment is a funny th- commodity. What's popular today isn't popular tomorrow, and if your product is is diluted, 
because your best players, your best employees aren't available at the at the most important time for the company, that's an issue for both sides. I don't know one. about that, Darren. I'm just going to say, you know, do, of course, nobody, you know, that, at that point in time could jump higher than Dominique and Jordan and Camp. And, and I said, of course, the great players that you said, said on that list, but so many players now that are not going to be remembered a long time from now can jump out of the building at this point in time. Now in today's NBA, a lot of the, those guys were playing against guys that, could not or were not athletic in and out, you know, it was like a hybrid years back in the eighties was still like some of the sixties and seventies left over. And you started seeing some of the eighties and nineties kick in as far as the way the game was being played and who was playing it. You saw a little bit of combination from both. I will tell you though, magic again, to me, this league, as long as it tries to do better to do its, its fans justice, it's that's all we can ask. They are taking steps, but the players, once you opened up that Pandora's box, it's just going to be the way they want it to be as best they can. They're not going to go ahead and have it the way it was so long ago. So we're just going to have to go ahead and move on from that and just realize that, you know what, if we get 65 to 75 games out of these guys, out of the star players, I think then we'll be blessed. And, and in fact, as, as long as we can go ahead and continue to do that, if that's what we'll work towards, or I think that's going to be okay for most people. Yes, it will be. Most people will be satisfied with that. Absolutely, indeed. But again, the Lakers uh, did win 109-101. Truly appreciate you joining us. It's the Lakers Fast Break. It's Magic Man Sean Grice along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. But before we head on out, and before we talk a little bit Lakers before we head on out, I want to get into the mess within a span of 24 hours known as the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, today, because of the issues that have gone on in recent uh, days in regarding to Kai Jones, they they waived him. Uh, and then, according to the New York Post and, and other sources, I guess uh, more, uh, I guess, charges were handed down to Miles Bridges, Bridges on another episode that looks like uh, that he wasn't informed, uh, you know, to the Charlotte Hornets. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that before we head on out, my friend? Yes, absolutely, Gerald. Uh, you know, unfortunately, during the summer, uh, Kai Jones released a couple of very bizarre, very indecipherable, incomprehensible videos on, in, on IG Live. Um, he was rambling. He was he was sweating profusely in one of the episodes, Gerald. His eyes were bloodshot. A lot of people during the uh, IG Live were actually concerned about Kai Jones and were asking him if he was on drugs. He denied it. But then subsequently he released a second video. Again, very indecipherable, incomprehensible gibberish, just, just mindless uh, talking. You know, this is a player, Gerald, who had a lot of potential and was yes. a darling in the first round coming out of Texas. And as as Gerald, I, I remember Gerald Gerald saying that he, he saw a lot of promise in, uh, in Jones as well, along with a lot of other people. But he just couldn't put it together those, those, those first couple years, Gerald. And they limited him significantly this past year he only averaged three points 
points and two and a half boards. And they just had enough of him. He, I, I think there were whispers that uh, he wasn't going to see much of any playing time, considering you've got P.J. Washington, Mark Williams, battling for you know the four and five spot in Charlotte. And you know you thought Kai Jones was go- going to uh, make an effort this year to try and uh, assert himself. Nope. He requested a trade from the Charlotte Hornets two days ago, Gerald. I don't so, think so. Bringing it back to Hannah, is it somebody think you know? As I mentioned on our playback.tv slash Lakers fast break live watch party, I mentioned there intriguing. That I thought, He's intriguing. intriguing. He's intriguing. Should the Lakers look be intrigued a little bit more? Or is there I, I, too much baggage there right now? The Clippers are taking Ger- a chance Ger- on Josh Primo. Yeah, Gerald. Gerald asks great questions, ladies and gentlemen. This is why he's the pod father. Uh, well, know, Hannah asked it also as yeah, well. I want to give her credit yeah, too. Absolutely. If the, if I would say this, if the Lakers did not have Jackson Hayes right now, and they were still looking for that kind of player, I would say absolutely in a heartbeat. I'd put a I'd put a I'd put a claim in on Kai Jones. I really would. Um, but the fact is, we have Jackson Hayes right now. His baggage that would that would have to be. I, I always believe in giving people second chances, Joe. No matter no matter what, including Joe, including Joe. Yeah, I always believe in second chances, third chances. For I'm just that kind of person. I believe I believe in the redemption of uh, the person and the soul. Uh, I'm not I'm not ready to give up on on Kai Jones as a, a person nor as a basketball player. I think somebody's going to take a chance on him. If we didn't have Jackson Hayes, I'd say the Lakers would be in an opportune position because he is an intriguing talent. But I don't think the Lakers will make a move on uh, Kai Jones yet. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 109-101. to Into Wild, appreciate the super chat as always. We won. Yes, we won. Always great to have a victory exhibition or regular season on hand. No worries about that. Definitely like it. But I will tell you, though, before we head on out, we want to add one more bad note to Charlotte Hornets, and that's Miles Bridges. Uh, Miles Bridges, we just heard, is facing another arrest warrant stemming from a domestic violence charge. Uh, That's the report based off of now several sources, but I think the New York Post, if I'm not mistaken, uh, put it out there first. Uh, Your thoughts on this, my friend, because this was someone who in a recent, uh, you know, press conference you know was talking about he was so grateful for his second chance and i don't know when this incident occurred you're saying it happened sometime back before he came back to the to the charlotte hornets if that's the case it's mitch kupchak and the entire executive board the gms and the you know the people responsible for bringing this kid back they didn't do their due diligence and that's obviously cost them once again Yes, Gerald. It's a it's a, it's a very disturbing, distasteful, disgraceful series of events now with this particular this young is man. This is January. January. Yeah. So uh, an unserved arrest warrant from January. I'm not a lawyer. I don't pretend to be one. But if you have an unserved arrest warrant, that tells me that the law is basically saying. We're trying to give you a second chance here. Now, obviously, Gerald, 
somewhere along the way, there's been a displacement of common sense and decency in these series of events with the Charlotte Hornets and Miles Bridges. He's a very troubled person, sir. And I don't think he needs to be anywhere near a basketball court. I think he needs to be sitting down in a chair talking to somebody about his real problems, Gerald, because he has real problems. My and friend, I, and um, yeah, I just wanted to finish. And the fact is, is that enough is enough with this league. They have turned a blind eye, and now it feels like they have two blind eyes, Gerald, when it comes to domestic violence. Look, there was a great NBA player at one point. His name was Alvin Robertson. Alvin Robinson is a former defensive player of the year. He is a former player who only five players have had a quadruple double in one game. He is one of them. Alvin Robertson would be in the Hall of Fame today if he didn't beat women. But he had a problem. He couldn't keep his hands to himself. And that's why he found himself out of the league at a certain point of time. And that's why he's been in and out of jail after the NBA. The NBA doesn't need this, Gerald. We don't need these kinds of people in our league who have no respect, no care, no empathy for women. For women, Gerald. This is, this is getting to be tiring with this league. It's sick. It's to a sick level. And I want it to stop, and I need this league to make examples out of Kevin Porter Jr. and Miles Bridges because of these incidents. Ban them so that, for life? Yes. So this ne- so this is a, a lesson that this will never be tolerated. And if you do it, you are gone. Agreed. I hope Miles Bridges never plays another game in the NBA, Gerald. As talented a player as he is, you do not deserve the privilege to play basketball. That's what it is at the end of the day. It is not your right. It's not your right to drive. It's not your right to put your hands on someone else. It's not your right to play basketball and think you can get away with anything that you feel like. That's not the way the world works. And I don't want to see Miles Bridges on a basketball court ever again. And on that note, Joe is, according to the rumors that have been circulated throughout our show today, he has put on a little bit of a shot of Patron from what I hear in in honor of the Dodgers getting swept out of the baseball playoffs. Uh, Poor Joe, we feel sorry for you, my friend. Uh, Hopefully you are surviving there in the chat right there for you. The best Lakers chat that's out there, Lakers fast break. Great points by Magic. I uh, do appreciate you sharing your thoughts on that. I couldn't agree with you any more right. than I do on that. It's absolutely intolerable and that the league, you know, I understand with all these bad influences, we saw it in the early 2000s where, you know, they were talking about, you know, the fights and they were talking about the image of the league and all that. And the league took steps to try and eradicate that to an extent. And for a while, the league looked like it was on the straight and narrow and going in great places, especially in the last decade. but Unfortunately, in the in recent times, we've seen them go off the handle again uh, with Morant doing what he's doing on Instagram Live on more than one occasion. 
Uh, we now see the domestic violence issues with the, with both, uh, of course, Porter Jr. and now what's happening again with Miles Bridges. It's a black eye for the league, and they need to go ahead and just say, you know what, work with the players union and just say players union we just this is bad it's a bad image it's a bad look and the players that continually do this over over we can no longer accept and tolerate at this point in time it gotta yes. be gotta be you gotta be it, it has, from the it, league it, expelled from the a, league entirely this is a message sender gerald he did it he did it before with donald sterling he, and that was his first big move as a commissioner he said enough this guy has got to go. And he set an example. He set a precedent. He has to set a precedent now that these two guys, they're not they're not the disease, but they're a symptom of the disease, Gerald. They really are. They really are. You cannot have these kinds of men in these kinds of environments, Gerald. There, there's too much at stake. You have business partners. You you also have a league, Gerald, that, that is 50% viewership is women. 50%. That means half your viewership is women. Wh- women aren't going to approve of this, no. nor should they. Nor no. should they. And, and they're, go- they're not going to continue to imbibe the product and be a fan if this continues. We need to set the example here. The NFL will not set the example. They will never do that. They're cowards. They're cowardly people. They don't care about they don't care about this. And maybe you're out there saying, well, the NBA, they don't care about this either. And maybe you're right. But publicly, they have a different view. Publicly, Adam Silver has said emphatically that he wants to he wants to rid the NBA of these kinds of problems and he should and he has an example right now and he needs to set it ban them for life for life before somebody gets killed gerald and then what are we going to do as a society what what happens then absolutely i agree with you wholeheartedly on that once again it's the lakers fast break the lakers do win 109 to 101 before we head on out intel wild asked the question Kawhi, harden or simmons Who's stolen more money? And thank you so much again. Awesome and truly appreciate the super chat once again. I said Simmons in the chat room because I just think Simmons has given you less for what you've been paying him for than both Kawhi or Harden. So I really think it's probably Simmons in my book. Your thoughts, my friend, who has stolen the most money? Mm, That's a good question, Intel. Simmons. Harden, game seven, game seven away from an NBA Finals, and he was missing, he was missing his other superstar, several All NBA seasons, several uh, groundbreaking offensive productive seasons, underwhelming in the playoffs, hundred percent overall, pretty good career, but yeah, it feels like he's he's taken taking teams to the cleaners until I could understand why a lot of people feel that way. Kawhi, injuries aside, All-NBA player, has played has played a significant role in two separate championship teams. I would say the answer is Simmons. I agree with Gerald. Uh, by process of elimination. I will tell you this before we go. There's another super chat that uh, 
Intel Wild has for us. So it's another controversial case. Uh, I guess that was settled recently, and I'm looking at what's going on in the chat right now. I'm looking also at what's going on as far as the latest news and notes. Within the past week, the Trevor Bauer case has been, I guess, a little bit more come to light as far as the answers and the results from that. I know Joe would have a lot of uh, comments if you were sober and here in the chat with us right now, but unfortunately, he is drinking a hearty drink, unfortunately, at the behest of the Dodgers getting swept out of the playoffs. But speaking of the Dodgers, my friend, Intel Wild, and again, thank you for the super chat, says, can we talk just a bit about Trevor Bauer? He, he, uh, he According to, to Intel, he was innocent, but his career was ruined. That's not right or fair, because what came out of it, my friend, uh, as far as the the situation, as far as the, I guess, the, the accuser, uh, just a lot of back and forth. I'm looking up now. Your thoughts, my friend. Are you more familiar with the Trevor Bauer situation than I am on it? Because obviously I heard initially what went on and what went down, and it sounded very ugly, and it looked like it was very ugly for him. But it looks like something has been settled in this case. Yeah, I'm not I'm not so sure. I've, I've heard the, uh, the, the details uh, additionally to that story, Gerald. Uh, my original um, remembrance of it was that it was very sordid. Uh, he, he made a public statement for the first time in recent oh, days. Oh, did he? What did he say? Uh, he said he was just basically glad to go ahead and finally be able to tell his story. Hopefully it's the last time I have to do so as I prefer to remain focused on doing my job, uh, winning baseball games, entertaining fans around the world. In the video, he showed a series of text mes messages that heal the, uh, I guess, the person that accused him insinuating a setup on her part. Some of the messages showed conversation where, conversations where Hill said, I'm going to his house Wednesday. I already got my hooks in. And in a later text message in relation to a conversation about Brower's net worth, Hill said, need daddy to choke me out and quote, being an absolute, uh, I can, won't say this on, on our show, to try and get in on his 51 million. So... I don't know. It just that's pretty damning words right there, my friend. Uh, I guess a personal video of Hill, which Bauer said was sent to her friends minutes after she left his apartment, according to the metadata, showed her lying in bed next to Bauer, smiling and with yeah, just it's a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, I guess uh, LA Weekly has a has a full article on it if you want to check it out. And I'm actually going to go ahead and put it in our chat. So it looks more and more like uh, you know all that was said and done, or what was supposedly said and done, was not so said and done with Trevor Bauer, my friend. Yeah, Gerald. Uh, you know what I mean? That this, this despite this, um, despite what's going on here, um, his life suffered. was ruined. His life she, was ruined to an extent. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was. It was. And look, I, um. Uh, and the answer is no, Kurt. You will not have me saying that uh, as for our new subscribers. I would rather appreciate that not be the case. But I get your sentiment and uh, LOL on that one. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, well, Gerald, I just... Kurt's trying I, to lighten the mood, and I get that. Much no, no, I, 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 do, I do too. I just, you know, we, we don't, we don't want to get into this situation where, look, there, there, was, there was a slogan few years ago i disagreed with believe no but listen listen to claims listen to claims that people have that is important rather than just believing something before you have all the facts 
we have facts with Kevin Porter Jr. and Miles Bridges. We had facts, apparently, with what happened uh, with uh, Trevor Bauer. And now things have, have apparently changed a little bit, Gerald. I will say this. Bauer made the, Bauer made the decision to um, sleep with this person. He made that decision. Now, what happens in a consensual act is between two people. But when somebody says no or somebody says hit me, stop what you're doing. Just stop it. Put your clothes back on and leave. Yeah, nobody, I, calls, nobody calls the police, Gerald. Nobody calls the police. Nobody ends up getting arrested. Nobody well, files a police report. Everybody just gargles some whiskey and is able to wake up the next morning consequence-free. However, I will just I will just finish this. Uh, let's finish this conversation because let's get back to the Lakers here. Yeah. But I will finish this conversation. The LA Weekly reports that there was a financial settlement discussed, but he on the video, Trevor Bauer says he will not pay her run what red cent because it is now proving that he is innocent of these charges. Uh, so again, it uh, looks like Trevor Bauer, or, you know, his life was ruined to an extent by some false accusations that was there. Uh, you know, I know that uh, the media, should, like you said, Intel should get more into this because it wasn't readily discussed. It wasn't readily out there and presented on, at a high form. It was obviously when it first happened, you know, ESPN and other en entities just were reporting it like crazy. But now that it's gone a different route and, and they have not been reporting it with the same fervor, which, again, at, like I said, I wasn't aware of uh, if it even being at this point. So and I'm usually trying to stay on top of things in the sports world. So. That tells you right there, it does not, uh, I don't know if it does, it just didn't seem as important to the ESPNs of the world and other entities of the world sure. that they were able to report what the outcome of this was as opposed to just what it was like in the beginning. Uh, Gerald, and I'll say this, and it's a brilliant quote, and a, a lot of people haven't this, seen this series. There's an HBO series called Oz about prison, mm -hmm. and there's a great actor named Anthony Chisholm who played a character named Red. And Red had a quote, motives are less important than outcomes. The fact is, is that Trevor Bauer isn't playing baseball right now, Gerald. Yeah. Well, he was playing in Japan, but that's, I get what you mean. He should have MLB been, baseball, he, the best had, baseball in yeah. the world. He could have been playing for the Dodgers and could have prevented them from well, getting swept. Well, well motive, motives are less important than outcomes. And what happened was, is that whatever, whatever you want to say, Gerald, Trevor Bauer ended up in a situation that he himself put himself into. Nobody put a gun to his head and said, you need to have this woman over and, and uh, do, do what they did. He did that voluntarily. He entered into a consensual act voluntarily. All right. And all, is, but let's all, get back here. In yeah, a second. Let, let's up. go to the Lakers then. Let, yeah. Let's go. Because search is, you know search what? Is asking, it, yeah. I, I, it takes two to tango. That's all I'm saying. You know what? Trevor Bauer isn't completely innocent in all this, Gerald. Okay. He, I mean, he put himself into a situation that was very difficult. And obviously, you know, whatever was said and not said and, and, and the manipulation and all the stuff yeah, behind we it. Could, we could talk yeah. about it till the cows yeah. come home. Mike Tyson was in a similar situation. Do you know what Mike Tyson said years later, ladies and gentlemen? I put myself in that situation and I shouldn't have been there. 
So there you go, indeed. But once again, the Lakers do win 109 to 101. We did that for you, Intel, because you were able to go ahead and provide us with that great question on the Super Chat. And uh, it enlightened me because, again, I didn't get that kind of notice out there. And that's something I try to keep a track on as far as all the major news going on in all the different areas of sports. So definitely it did not get reported as well enough. And I think I fault the media on that end for not reporting that end of it as well as they reported on the front end. So I fault them for that. But getting back to the Lakers, uh, before we head on out, my friend, the game on Friday, you talked about how you were expecting LeBron to be able to play with this limited schedule on Friday, but not Sunday. I, on the other hand, seeing how we will see the debut of Damian Lillard from the Milwaukee Bucks on Sunday against the Lakers, thinking he'll want to play on Sunday against the Bucks, thinking that's where he'll play next. Your thoughts, though, on why that's the case and why you think Friday against the Warriors at home at the Crypt will be more likely. You made a convincing argument for me, Gerald. I think it's going to be Sunday. But, I mean, something tells me he just he wants to play Friday. He wants to, he wants to play the Warriors. Um, I, I just get – but Gerald makes a convincing point. He, he might want to show his wares against the Bucks, But, I mean, you, the Lakers and Bucks only played twice. You're playing the Warriors four times this year. Um, so if I had to flip a coin on it, Gerald, I'd probably go with uh, the Bucks on Sunday. Okay. Well, that's just me. I'm just thinking that if that's the case, once we heard the reports earlier today on Twitter slash X that – we are going to get to see Damian Lillard. We're probably going to see that's the case. Giannis Antetokounmpo in on Sunday that, you know, he might be more amped to play that. Plus it's getting closer to the, it'll be the fifth uh, exhibition game. Maybe he won't play in the sixth exhibition game. Like, cause like you said, the sixth one is in Palm Springs. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Spring. most likely he won't play that one. So I have at a the, feeling at, that at the Acrisure, Arena, the Acrisure in Palm Springs. Is that Zoom tight? Yeah. <laughs> but I will I will say this though, when it comes to what we'll see, I think again, you're gonna probably see one good quarter from, from the whole both teams on on Sunday's game. Definitely looking forward to that. But I will say this though, Friday's game against Golden State, I think the Lakers won't play as bad as they did on Saturday. I don't. I do not think that they will provide two stinkers in a row against Golden State, with or without LeBron James in the lineup, my friend. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so either, Gerald. And it's it's kind of interesting here. Um, they Golden State themselves also has a similar schedule. They play on Friday and they play on Sunday. So I half expect probably Steph and or uh, uh, Clay may not play Friday either. So uh, that pretends is something there, Gerald. I, I would half expect, you know, if LeBron James comes out and says, well, I'm not playing Friday, I, I would almost expect the same, the same from the Warriors. Um, but that being said, they did sit out that first exhibition game against them. I, it doesn't really settle for me that he'd sit a second time especially at the crypt. Um, but Gerald makes a convincing argument. So, yeah, I just think he's going to sit on Friday and uh, play Sunday. Um, look, I hope Maxwell Lewis continues to play his game because he has 
Um, he's either deciding to shoot, pass, or dribble, Gerald. I mean, it's very it, – this game – I will say, though, that it is right now something that I'm looking forward to seeing what happens on Friday with the Golden State Warriors. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to go on with that. But I will say that it's going to be a good game regardless. So I think Zangerstein is saying that that LeBron is going to be – playing that day as opposed to Sunday and that no one will play it against Sunday. I have a feeling is I'm just guessing that it might be the other way around simply because LeBron and this competitive spirit, maybe getting a last test of the exhibition season will be playing against a team that many are favoring to win the NBA championship. So that's what I'm thinking, but golden state is always golden state. And you, so you never know LeBron may feel the, you know, the impetus to go ahead and play for the first time against golden state in the exhibition w- season on, on Friday. Yeah. And Gerald, I'll, I'll say this. I would, um, I would prefer to see Anthony Davis, uh, sit one of those games as well. I'm not mm-hmm. sure which one he's going to decide, uh, not to play in, but, uh, you know, I, I would, I would love to see him play Friday and sit Sunday, you know, okay. look, well, that's- he's got, he's got, he, he's got nothing to prove. He, he, he had a great game, uh, against both Brooke and um, Giannis last year, drilled what, what we remember, right? Yeah, that was that was kind of the most important game pre-trade. Uh, it was an it was a road game in a hostile environment. Milwaukee was playing very well, and the Lakers went in there and they beat the Bucks on the road. That was their biggest win uh, outside of the uh, the trade. Um, I don't think they have anything to prove. Uh, you have a point. I'm sure Damian Lillard thinks he has something to prove now, and, and maybe they 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 do end up playing in that uh, that preseason game. Well, for Damian Lillard, it's going to be out working out with his new teammates out on the floor in a you know in an exhibition game. So obviously, that's trying to work the stuff out. Yeah, he's played in a, in one already. So yeah, so we'll see. We'll see, but. Again, that's my guess. Uh, we don't know for sure, but if you follow at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, I will give you as soon as the word comes down on whether or not LeBron and the others will play or not play, we'll go ahead and make sure we retweet it there for everyone out there. But Magic Man, again, solid win for the Lakers, absolutely playing against some of the best uh, that are on the Kings team and playing against their starters for 20-plus minutes. The Lakers came out on top with D'Angelo Russell and the rotation players. Your thoughts on tonight's game before we head on out? Gerald, it was uh, good to see all these young guys uh, get into the victory column again. Look, you understand it's preseason. You understand you need to take everything with a, with a granular of salt. The fact is they've got two wins down the preseason. Never want to go into the season with an 0-4. You always want to end the preseason, at least with a taste of victory. They've got that so far. So now I really hope they just take these next three games and uh, forge uh, a concerted effort to do your best, whatever your best is. Jackson Hayes, your best is rolling, setting screens, uh, being the active high IQ player that I've seen I've seen uh, so far Maxwell Lewis keep running the floor like the Greyhound that year. Uh, dribble, drive, or shoot. Uh, You'll be doing one of the three. Want to see a little bit more improvement out of Jackson, uh, out of uh, Hood Shafino here, Gerald. Jalen is uh, 
has a lot of promise as a young player. Just needs to get better defensively. Uh, just improvement all the way around. You know, we know what the vets are going to do. It's just can these young players can, can continue to sustain their effort? And Colin Castleton, for God's sakes, please, please, please work on that jump hook. Because sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. But it does not look pretty right now. I will tell you what, though, seven rebounds from him, two block shots, a uh, little bit more effective inside the paint on the defensive end. So definitely appreciated that because sometimes he gives away a lot of strength and muscle. And, you know, today we were able to see a much better version of that. So he had his best exhibition game so far as well. So give him a shout out. Uh, Demoy Hodge, unfortunately, still struggling. JHS shooting wise and defensive wise still struggling, although he did a better job playmaking today. Maxwell Lewis, uh, pretty good off the bench today, coming off the bench, getting some time and and really showcasing some of the skills. So, you know, the rookies have been like hit or miss for us so far. But again, that's what rookies are all about, my friend, hit or miss. That's it, Gerald. Yeah, they're hit them or you miss them. Absolutely. First year. Um, look, more, more positive. Look, Gerald. I know everybody thinks we've been really harsh. I think they're more positive than negative. Well, we've gotten emails asked, to say we've been too harsh. Yeah, I know. I know. We're asked to give our opinion. Yes. Unfiltered, unabashed. Uh, what you see is what you get. That's what Gerald has asked for us because that's what the audience has asked of us. So we, we're going to give it to you straight. And, you know, they're more positive than negatives. A lot, some negatives fall on JHS and his defense. And like we said, things are just happening too fast for him. The game needs to slow down for him. And that takes work in the G League with developmental coaches who have your best your best at heart. They want to see you succeed as well. Nope, nobody in South Bay wants to continue CJHS, Gerald, if yes. he go, when he goes down there. They want to actually see him in the big show playing a significant role. But he needs work. I will tell you what, though, it's great having everyone here, though. Great crowd once again today. Everybody is greatly appreciated by us for being here. The Lakers Fast Break, the best Lakers chat room that's out there is the Lakers Fast Break. Also, as well, go ahead. If you have any questions for us, put it below in the comments. We do get to them. Also, as well, you can go ahead and send us an email, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. We've almost got everybody together for our repeat of the Lakers fast break Yahoo fantasy basketball league, but we need more people. If you're interested, give me a shout out Lakers fast break at yahoo.com. Love to have you go ahead and be part of what we do there on the Lakers fast break fantasy basketball league. In fact, I'm getting Sean to join me this time around. So I'm anxiously waiting for that. Also as well, I might be asking people out there in our chat to go ahead and share their extensive thoughts on what their projections are for this upcoming season as far as on the Eastern Western Conference, because I asked last year from our panelists for that. I'd love to hear from you ahead of time. So I may be going ahead and asking, or if you want to go ahead and start putting in your 1 to 15 in each and every conference, might want to let us know. Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. And last but not least, I want to go ahead, Magic, and once again, to pitch this because I know not everybody has checked out our video and I've seen the numbers. Not everybody has checked it out. If you get a chance or listen to it, please. Our conversation with Rich Cohen when the game was war, 
the NBA's greatest season. It was a great conversation, an hour-long conversation, our last Lakers History 101. It's actually in the playlist below that you see right below you here on YouTube, or you can go ahead and catch it in the archives on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter. You can also catch it there, but also you can catch it wherever you get your podcast. It was a great conversation, so I hope you get a chance to check out the book, When the Game Was War. I believe it is available right now on Amazon. They're having a lot of great sales. I showed you last night as far as sales. Still available for Lakers here for another 50 minutes as we're recording this. Also as well, we're going to have a conversation with this uh, author right here, Eli Ehej. I'm hoping I'm saying it correctly. I'm hoping that I didn't butcher it. But what Kobe left behind. We'll be talking to this author here later in the month. I'm looking forward to that. Magic Man, Laker Nick, and Joe Soro all have PDF copies of this, so they'll be reading it as well. Hopefully, you'll be looking at that book as well. It came out earlier this year, What Kobe Left Behind, uh, as far as the mentality and things of that nature. So really good reading up ahead for me, and hopefully, you'll be able to get a chance to check out our thoughts with the, when the author comes over later this month, and also as well, Rich Cohen, who is already on the show, check out his thoughts as well. Intel Wild is closing out our show, saying it's the best Lakers channel on YouTube, and we couldn't agree with you more. But any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Rookie's going to rook. Vet's going to vet. Lakers won. Kings lost. I almost said the key word there. I won't disrespect uh, the fine fans of Sacramento. Uh, but yeah. Ain't lighting a beam tonight, that's for sure. <laughs> Anyway, on to the Warriors. Hopefully everybody can carry their uh, their best efforts onward and leave their bad performances at the Honda Center. Thank you so much, Intel and Darren, for the kind Super Chats. It is always appreciated. You can always drop the Super Chat in there for us. It is right there below on YouTube, and as always, welcome, appreciated. We're an independent channel trying to go ahead and build something strong here trying to do this every day that we can, but we are, like I said, always in need of any assistance that is greatly appreciated. Trying to get Magic Man a headset is what my next goal is, so we can go ahead and not hear that. I sound like, my friend, when I hear you all show long, sound like something's ringing in the background. It sounds like, like one of the slot machines where I'm from here in Vegas. Did you win? Did you get a jackpot when you were playing? Oh, no, it did did it sound like the the fly swatter that's ding, uh, ding, ding, ding. that's that? ding, 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 ding. Oh, that was my phone for my uh, my uh, diabetes there, Gerald. But yeah, it, it okay. Kinda... It sounded like you were hitting jackpots left and right, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No. I hear that sound. I'm in Vegas. That's what I hear. So yeah, that's not a good sound though. Darren, you're not banned here. You're a great part of what we do. Lakers Nation can go bite it for all I care. If they're going to ban a great person like you off their channel, they're just missing out on one of the best Lakers fans that's out there and one of the best Lakers followers of the Lakers Fast Break. We are truly indebted to you and appreciative of you. Intel Wild, Zangerstein, Search and Destroy, Kurt Affair, Bloodhound, Bloodhound 73. My gosh, all the Alan, of course, as well. He was a great part of our Lakers fast break coverage on playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Give a big shout out to Alan out there. Intel Wild, of course, cannot thank you enough as always. Great, great, great conversations with everybody. Just truly appreciate it. Search and destroy again. Nobody moderates better than him. 
Absolutely cannot thank you enough. We had new people in the chat as well, which is always greatly appreciated. If you have not yet subscribed, please subscribe today to get the latest notifications. Eric was in our both our playback and our show tonight. So big shout out to you as well. Truly appreciate it. Cannot thank you enough for being a part of what we're doing here tonight, especially through the conversations on load management and Trevor Bauer. I know it got a little bit off the beaten path of Lakers uh, conversation and sometimes people like to check on out on that, but I appreciate you sticking with us. But again, a lot of good things going forward. We'll be back tomorrow to cover more Lakers news, NBA news as well. Hopefully it won't sound much like the police blotter that it did today. <laughs> but any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Yeah, you know what, Gerald? We don't run away from controversial subjects on here. And I want to thank you as our podfather and as our leader for allowing us to voice our opinions on this. I mean, we don't always all agree on everything. But one thing we all can agree on is that there's always room for civility and respect and in a conversation if you can disagree and still be civil that's all that you can ask for we believe in protecting women on this podcast that's what we're about and despite what the trevor bauer situation we know what happened with the two gentlemen in the nba and we need adam silver to set an example here because no other sport will no other sport is coming forward and trying to be a champion for women. Nobody. So we need Adam Silver and the NBA to be an example here. And Gerald doesn't run away from controversy. He runs right towards it. Uh, Gerald has no fear of of what's, what's said. He may disagree. He may agree with you. But he'll always listen to what you have to say. And Gerald, we thank you again for that. I will give a big shout out to the Facebook user that said, what's intolerable is JV on the bench wearing Celtics green. Uh, I agree with you on that. Also, yeah, we, talked well, about, we talked about that during uh, playback while you were away, Gerald, uh, yes. me and Alan. It was the, uh, the Gumby fashion choice. He looked like Gumby. Oh, then also was, well, uh, Anthony Davis had the green Dodgers hat on. So I'm not sure I was digging that one either. Thought they were no. Dodger Blue. Thought it was called Dodger Blue, but need not digress. Nerd SK001 is now a follower for us on Twitch. Cannot thank you enough for that. Truly appreciate it. All the great people in the chat. Thank you so much. Hannah, J.E. Toondog. Uh, I know there's someone else I was missing. I know he's a fan of the Phoenix Suns, but he comes on here and is very respectful to us and truly appreciate that. I know he was kind of letting us have it as far as uh, on the diamondbacks beating the dodgers and sweeping the dodgers so want to give him a big shout out to, as well I, there's just so many messages it's hard to keep track of exactly everybody that's in the chat right now just so many people chatting just that's a great thing to see right now if, if you're hosting a channel always great to have that interaction right here at the lakers fast break but we will be back tomorrow talking more lakers basketball for you and then of course playback.tv slash lakers fast break right there 7 p.m talking about what's going on with the lakers and the golden state warriors then afterwards of course you know it's the post game the best post game the only post game that you should be watching and listening talking about and seeing is none other than right here at the lakers basketball